Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now on your phone, smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Green Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Ty Richardson is the co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas. He's also the program director there. He is on X at Ty Sports Radio. We talk to him about college football at SEC every single Wednesday. Ty, how's it going, brother? Gabe, happy Wednesday. We've got six top 25 matchups this weekend. Didn't think last weekend was going to amount to much. Turns out we had some incredible games, including what happened in Boulder. So this is really a, a huge week for the sport. I mean, you line up 230 with Dion and Nick Saban. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, but I have to I have to recap week three with you, and I know uh, I have to start with uh, the Hogs, and I know there's a little depression there probably from you and the in the fan base that you uh, cover the most. But Arkansas down 38-31. They couldn't come back. They couldn't score to tie the game up. I am. Uh, I have said this. Um, I, I sort of look at Sam Pittman, and, and I wonder. I wonder if he has sort of maxed out what he can accomplish at Arkansas. How much of that thought is there within that fan base right now after last weekend in particular? Oh, it was brought up today on right. the show. And I think that that's a fair question to ask if you're an Arkansas fan. The comparison this morning on our program was made to Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson brought Arkansas basketball out of some real mediocrity and some real bad teams got him to a couple NCAA tournaments, but couldn't break into that Sweet 16 and maxed out in some people's opinion. Now, Mike is, again, a Nolan Richardson disciple, so there was a lot of time and a lot of leeway given there. I think nine seasons, if I remember correctly. Um, Sam doesn't have a Lou Holtz or Ken Hatfield or Frank Broyles tie, but he's a guy a lot of people like, and he's entering year four. They're two and one heading to Baton Rouge. I hope we're not having to sit and talk about that at the end of the year, but that's at least a worthy conversation right. to have at this point. There, there, but there still is some – there's love for Sam Pittman. It's not like – I don't think, especially after the Chad Morris era, there's a bunch of people that hate Sam Pittman. But there is a point where Arkansas fans get to where they want more. They want better, and they have not necessarily gotten that. Yeah, and that's – listen, that's the reality that's 
being faced right now. And Sam Pittman has to rally the troops heading to Death Valley this weekend. I mean, you want to shut people up? You want to completely silence that? Go beat probably the best team in the SEC West. Right. A game that you've never won back-to-back in Baton Rouge, a game that's never been played in September, and a game that typically Arkansas plays decent when they're heavy underdogs, as they are on Saturday night, about 18 and a half. Yeah, you get worried, though, about the SEC schedule. We'll see what Arkansas can do. And I, I do wonder, too, going forward, with Arkansas right now, I, I wonder, like, quarterback-wise, if Sam Pittman, even if he, you know, survives and stays for a few more years, is he ever going to get a quarterback? Or, or I mean, and obviously we know that Rocket Sanders hasn't played, but is he going to get a quarterback running back duo quite like he has here? It's it's hard to It's hard to imagine that. He has a lot of talent right there. Yeah, and Rocket's been injured for the majority of this season. KJ was banged up last week. He's supposed to be a little healthier heading into this weekend. It really is, to be honest, Gabe. Maybe he surrounds the running back and quarterback position with some better pieces at the wide receiver tight end and a much better offensive line they have right, right. now. And I want to ask you about that, too. But as far as the duo that you mentioned goes, yes, yeah, it's, it's really hard to foresee him having a better duo than he has right now. Yeah, when it comes to that old line, though, this is not what we've seen the last three years. This is, I mean, it's just, it's fallen off. Four sacks in a game versus BYU. I mean, that's just, that's, it seems relatively unacceptable. And the run game, I mean, it's still fine, but um, it just hasn't been up to snuff. That, that's got that's very frustrating. That's very frustrating because you have a O line coach as the head coach. And I think we, I'll talk about Memphis in a second. We deal with that here, but you want to see it every year just be a given that that O-line is going to perform at a high level. Explain that to me, because you played the position, and Sam Pittman, as you said, highly touted offensive line guru, and they haven't just fallen off. I mean, they've been bad this year. I I don't know where the rub is. They had two preseason guys on this roster, on this team preseason, all SEC dudes. Gabe, what has happened from what you've seen for someone that actually played the position? I just think I just think over the years you start to lose guys with experience, and that's what you're seeing right this second. Now you had those two guys on preseason all conference lists, but sometimes you just see a, a step back uh, when when you have to have new sort of faces in there, and, and I think you're seeing that a tad bit. Like you have a sophomore right tackle, you have a transfer right guard. Now you have a redshirt freshman left tackle. Like you just have younger guys that are not necessarily as experienced in the system as, as you've had the past two to three years. That I mean, that's that's sort of a given, and it, and it happens to every program. Every program has to deal with turnover on that old line Okay. Well, that's it's, not It doesn't make it any less frustrating, power. though, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Now, um, no question. we watched Mizzou um, beat Kansas State last weekend on a just bomb from Harrison Mevis with 61 yards SEC uh, record. But now they travel to St. Louis and my Memphis Tigers, 630 on ESPNU in in the Dome at America Center. How should I feel about this game? Um, I, I saw that Brady Cook does not look like, I mean, they're going to say he's a game-time decision. I saw some film of him yesterday. He was in flats. He had a knee brace on. He was barely moving at all. It doesn't look like he, he will play necessarily. How should I feel about this game, Ty? Should I, should I feel positive? There's always, there's always an emotional letdown. I mean, I, I'm sure when you guys won a big-time game in the Liberty Bowl, potentially the following week, whether it was at home or on the road, 
it was just hard to get up the same emotion that you had at the tail end. No doubt. Game-winning field goal, as you said, longest in SEC history. They're going to have a There's, I mean, Missouri's a better football team than Memphis. You know that. But mm-hmm. I think Memphis, I mean, you got a free shot. you got a chance right. to be an SEC team that's at an all-time high. Go take it. And you, again, <laughs> this is means a lot to you being in St. Louis, too. Yeah, I said this earlier in the show, but it is, uh, while I think Memphis struggled with Navy and that discourages me a tad bit, um, this is the perfect, perfect formula for an upset. You have Mizzou off of an emotional high, beating a rival. They rush the field. Now they have to travel to St. Louis, potentially with a backup quarterback in Sam Horn. Like, it, it shapes up perfectly for Memphis to go win this game potentially. Now, will they do that? I don't know. I, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. Are they going to be clicking on all cylinders? We haven't quite seen that this year. Seth Hennigan's had his struggles. But at the same time, this is the perfect formula for an upset. Yeah, go get it. Go yeah, get it. Yeah, shout out. Yes. I'm not a uh, I'm not a Missouri fan by any means. I, you and a bunch of other guys I met that went to Memphis, Oh, Tigers, I'll take y'all on this one, hopefully. The, the, the right, the blue and white Tigers, the black, not the, yes. not the ones where See, I've struggled with that this week, Ty. I keep saying Tigers, and I'm like, they're both Tigers. Oh. <laughs> but I think people understand what I'm saying. I, th- I think they do. Yeah. I don't want to assume. Now, we do have those six uh, top 25 matchups that you were talking about. I want to start with Ole Miss-Bama. Bama has looked miserable. And, and quite frankly, I am slightly disappointed I guess the way I'd put it, with, with Nick Saban having sort of – it felt like he threw – I mean, and I want you to speak to this too. Did, did it feel like he threw Tommy Reese a bone in starting Tyler Buckner? I mean, against maybe his best judgment. That did not seem like a good judgment from a head coach to throw out a, a guy who's really been bad in college. I know there's a lot of people in the SEC orbit and Bama orbit saying, oh, well, he's a four-star recruit. He's an Elite 11 guy. Uh, uh, let's, not, let's not draw conclusions yet. But he was horrible. He was horrible. And I, I don't think Jalen Milrow's perfect. <laughs> He's clearly not. He made mistakes in Texas that cost them, against Texas, that cost them the game. But I think it's very clear to me, at the very least, that he's the best they got. And that's not saying much. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get that. You, you, there was a comparison, and I can't remember what college football analysts made it, but there is a legitimate debate that Nick Saban would rather have, not just Jackson Dart, not just Spencer Sanders, but even Howard as well. Think about that ever than any other quarterback he has on his roster right now. Know what I was Which thinking about, Ty, that, that I saw got brought up? There's a guy at Rice named JT Daniels. I feel like he would be almost a, 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 in, a, in a better better headspace to run that offense than a lot of the guys they have, which is scary, which is very scary. That's, uh, I mean, that's an issue for saving, man. <laughs> Brutal. And you know what? I, I don't feel bad for him at all. I don't feel bad for him <laughs> at all. Do for I a down year. Come on now. Yeah. I take a lot of pride, and I'm ecstatic <laughs> that that's the case. Yeah. Now, uh, do you think Ole Miss? I mean, Ole Miss on the road, it's never easy to go to Tuscaloosa. But we saw Texas. They were able to do it. Ole Miss, Jackson Darts probably played the best football I've ever seen him play. Do you give Ole Miss a chance? Do you think Ole Miss can, can pull this thing out on the road in Tuscaloosa? They're going to beat them. I know there's a lot of Rebel fans listening, and y'all are going to win this weekend. Kiffin's going to be the fourth assistant to beat Nick Saban. I'm not going to say that it's going to kill the Alabama dynasty this this Saturday, but it is going to definitely, definitely 
be a hindrance to it. Alabama was not going to be the representative from the SEC to make the college football playoff. I think Ole Miss really, really just knocks it out, knocks any chance of them making it this weekend. And Kiffin, he's been licking his chops. He did not. He is. They they haven't played as good against Alabama under his leadership as I thought they would. But I think this is the year. He knows his offense is better, as was Steve Sarkeesian's. And I think they're going to go in there and get a first win for Lane Kiffin and for the first time since Hugh Freeze was their head coach. What do you make of the Lane Kiffin? Oh, T-Rob's calling the defense based on what we're, what we're watching on film, not, not Kevin Steele. What do you make of all that? I mean, is that, do, we, do we classify that as rat poison, or is that just Lane Kiffin being very, uh, very deliberate at the, 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 you know, in front of a mic? Kiffin's really complimentary of Alabama and Nick Saban 99% of the time. And so I thought it was odd for him to say that. There's got to be some truth and merit to that, right? It might not be 100% correct, but I don't think he would poke the bear being Nick Saban, especially a week out of playing him. That's, that's not very Kiffin. Unless you, well, unless you have an insane amount of confidence about what Alabama doesn't have this year, what you, you can expose. Yeah, but you, that's that's true, but do you remember? Like, I think it was. I don't remember if the game was in Tuscaloosa two years ago or last year when yep. he's doing that interview with. I think it was. I don't know if it was Allie LaForce or if it was. Um, Watch like, this, Gal, or, yeah, or, yeah. yeah he's, and he just like tossed the headset, and they end up <laughs> like going for it on fourth down and getting stoned, and their offense like went for it like three or four times. It got rocked. Yeah, I got. That's I true. Think he learned from that. Yeah, maybe you would hope. Maybe he didn't learn from that. You would hope he learned from it. That was that was that was bad. That was very bad. And he went for it on fourth down. What like three times in that first drive, and got absolutely stoned because of it. And then they, you know, Alabama took off and just beat the hell out of him. But I don't know. But again, like Alabama doesn't have the same amount of talent that they have that they had then. Right? Like, it's just not the same. And what what really strikes me, Ty, like, even more so than the quarterback situation, I think their defense is fine, Alabama's. Um, I don't know if it's as elite as, like, a Georgia is. But that old line stinks. That old line's no good right now. And, I, I like, I have a lot of questions. Like, my questions sort of revolve around, okay, do they have uh, – is, is Caden Proctor, their left tackle, even though he was a number one O-tackle recruit, is he too young and a little bit, uh, you know – raw at this moment did they expect to run the ball more and they're they're still sort of throwing the ball a whole hell of a lot um but also the the big question that that strikes me is okay you have three guys this was a big conversation if you'll remember going into the season you have three guys that are over 350 are they just too big are they too big and barreling and slow that old line has been pretty pretty putrid compared to old lines of the past for for alabama and nick saban well isn't it great <laughs> Isn't it just glorious that we're talking about Alabama miscues and deficiencies and and several deficiencies at that? Several deficiencies. Yeah. Usually, you could just point yeah. out one, maybe one and a half, two. It's it's all over the field for them. I feel like I've been waiting on this conversation <laughs> since they started rolling in two thousand eight. I know they didn't win the national championship that year, but once they took it in two thousand nine, it's just been dominant and. We'll say this about college football. This whole transfer portal and NIL that yep. people hate, yep. it's parity across the board. I mean, this is great. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, we don't know for sure who's going to win the national championship. No one has any idea this year. And that's awesome. Like, I don't know who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't want to, I know who's going to take home the national championship. And even though Arkansas is probably not going to be that good, 
It's great. I, I'm so invested right now in what's going on in college football. Yep. And I think while there are some a lot of cons with the poor. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Portal and NIL. I think it's made the sport a lot more even than we maybe thought it was going to. Now, at the same time, Georgia's still number one in the country. Um, and I know that they struggled at home against South Carolina last week. And did that, did that deter you from believing in Georgia, really? Because I, I remember last year they had the Mizzou issue. Um, they went on the road and almost lost the game at Mizzou. Um, and it, in the second half, they really just dominated South Carolina. So I don't want to go too crazy. But that, did that do anything to deter you from the, the Georgia train? Well, my thing was, you remember the SEC championship game where Stetson Bennett was throwing picks and just not not a clutch performer. And then the national championship, he was clutch. And then right. the next year, big games, he stepped up in big situations. Didn't have a lot of them, but when they needed them, he was counted upon and he came through. You don't know that about Carson Beck. Like right. his, all they did in the second half was hand off the football. Beck didn't have to do anything. So what happens when this kid has to make a throw, this kid has to make a run, this kid has to make a play, and he can't? Then you just had a such a stronghold with the quarterback position with Bennett was there. You knew what you were going to get for a number of years, and now they transition. I mean, this is – you think about the transition um, that we've seen across the board at Alabama. Sometimes it's been seamless. Sometimes it's not. For example, this year, it's not seamless. You go from Bryce Young, maybe the best quarterback that Saban's ever had, to having three quarterbacks start in the first three games, or two in the first three games, three guys play. Right. So I think it's I think it's one of those things where you just, if, you, if you're a, a fan, you just, if, you're, if you're anyone outside of that fan base, you hope it keeps going the direction it's going. Um, are you as excited? Is it's sort of the number one game on your radar? Ohio State, Notre Dame, six versus nine, and uh, Ohio State on the road versus Notre Dame. I am impressed with Notre Dame so far. Sam Hartman brings a different dimension to that offense besides the power running that they have not had in the past, and they still have 
the power running. They still have a couple of backs that can go break off big runs. Um, or is that sort of at the top of your list of, of, of watching, or is it still Ole Miss, Alabama? So I will have that on during the Arkansas LSU game. I'm actually heading to Baton Rouge tomorrow, so that will be on in the LSU press box, kind of watching that. And I'm excited. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great game. Hopefully we'll see a good game on ESPN between the Tigers and the Razorbacks on Saturday night. But, I mean, you have, again, you've got, I think, two ranked games at 11, two ranked games at 2.30, and then two ranked games, two or three ranked games at 6.30. I know there's six total, but that's an awesome setup for Mm -hmm. college football fans, just the casual ones that day, Gabe. Are you you, uh, with those two teams? Are you bought into Ohio State or Notre Dame more? I know it's hard not to be bought in more to Ohio State based on, you know, past uh, results. But at the same time, Ohio State has not been able to capitalize and win a college football playoff national championship since the first year of its inception. And Notre Dame's been there before. And I, I like what Marcus Freeman's put together. I hope Notre Dame wins. And to be quite honest, not a huge fan of either team. But if I had to pick one, it's the Fighting Irish it's a cool story, Freeman getting to go against his former team. And Hartman, you mentioned, he's a Heisman candidate. He could really, really even pass yours on Saturday night if they beat the Buckeyes at home, I think. even I know that's kind of hard to contemplate with the win against Alabama, but that's I think that would push him a little bit past him at that point because it's what have you done for me lately. And just the idea of having Ohio State backs against the wall maybe with one loss heading to the big house later this year where they have to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I mean, they got clobbered the last two years. They lose early and then lose to Michigan again for the third time. Yep. That's unacceptable in Columbus and all across Ohio. So I'm really curious. And the eyes are already turned toward on. Ryan Day, too, by the way, in that yep. fan base. Like, people, you know, that don't necessarily follow that program very fully – People in that fan base are so bothered by Ryan Day losing to Michigan twice in a row and not being able to get into the college football playoff and win games. And obviously last year it, it, it was very close, and it, it very much could have gone in their direction against Georgia, but Stetson Bennett pulled it out in the end. But I, I, I sort of wonder what that fan base does, especially if they lose this game and then uh, sort of flail against Michigan again, again this year. I think it could get could get ugly for Ryan Day. Um, I, I how crazy is that game last year if Harrison doesn't get hurt and that Ohio State kicker doesn't thrill the field goal 20 yards to the left? I mean, how, right. how different of a conversation are we having right now? Oh, completely different. <laughs> if they make it through the national championship, we are talking completely different about Ryan Day and Ohio State. I, I don't think there's yeah. any doubt. Now talking with Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas at Ty Sports Radio on X. We have Colorado visiting Oregon. This is their real test. You have to take the uh, number 19 team in Colorado going to Oregon in Autzen. It can get it can get spooky there. But Oregon number 10 team in the country. I'm a big fan of Dan Lanning. He was one of the he was the linebacker coach when I. Uh, when Norvell and and that staff first got to uh, Memphis, so I understand what he's oh, wow. capable of. But I have seen sort of two separate schools of thought. I think there's more people in one school of thought. Uh, the more more people are still captivated by what what Colorado's doing. There's a lot of other people though that are a, a little bit annoyed maybe with the with the co- constant coverage and spotlight that's been on that program consistently through three games. Where where do you stand on that? Well, those people are still watching it, and they're still talking yeah, about no it. Yeah, no doubt. The great thing about a villain, 
Half the people want him to win. Half the people want him to lose. But all odds are on the TV. I mean, you had that 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 game against Colorado State busted 11 million people at one point. A 9:30 college football game, which ended about. It was at 11 Eastern, by the way, when they hit the 11 million mark. Could you? I mean, that that is, it was, that's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's just so, it's beyond it's beyond anything that I thought you know realistic going into this year. I knew that they'd be watched, but I didn't think it'd be like this. Yeah, I my my thing is I kinda wanna see Colorado undefeated heading into that USC game, Dion versus the Heisman trophy winner. I just think that storyline's incredible. But they're not winning in Eugene without Travis Hunter. Yeah. And they're probably not gonna win against USC the following week. If he was in even with them being picked against in the spread, I would probably still pick Colorado in this game. But when you have the most dynamic player on that football yeah. team, both offensively and defensively, no disrespect to Shooter Sanders being out with the lacerated liver for three or four weeks, they don't have a chance this weekend. They just don't. Right. right. I, I mean, I get that. Um, what did you think of the, the hit that ultimately caused him to have to miss these three or four weeks? I I thought it was I listen. There's some people that say it's a football play, and listen, I played football, so I feel like I am uh, in a spot to sort of speak on this. I thought that was awful. I thought that there's no spot in the game for anything like that. We we see guys week to week get ejected because of targeting for substantially less. He didn't have to leave the game. Granted, he got they got their uh, Colorado got their payback. He got burnt on that on that, uh, you know. Touchdown going in. Obviously, they still had to get the two point conversion, but Jimmy Horn just absolutely cooked him, um, using it, just footed him up basically. Um, but what what do you think about that hit? I, I I hated every every bit of that, and it's been obviously in the spotlight this entire week. Yeah, I, I will say it's hard to pull up sometimes as a safety when you're using all that speed. But it, it felt like to me that there was time. Now again, I'm not in that situation. I'm not going. Felt through like the there was plenty of time. Time felt yeah. like there was plenty of time, man. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what's going through that young man's head. I mean, he didn't deserve to get death threats like he's of course been. Co- of Bell course not. That. And I thought Dion, and Dion did a good job at the at the podium speaking on that. Yeah, but I mean that's one of those things where you're. You're trying to take a cheap shot against the best player on the other team, which there's just no place in the game for that. Like, I, you, when you play a team that doesn't have their best player, their best player's injured. Like that's it's if you win, great. But like the never rooting for injuries and the never trying to injure someone is something I've always been a proponent of. Like you just don't want to, you don't want to like cheat someone out of a, a win because you hurt their best player intentionally. Now injuries happen during the course of football we know that but that to me again like you're talking about I, you played it so you'd have a better view of it than I would it did look like a dirty hit to me I don't yeah. I don't know I don't think you should have been suspended but did he get and I help me on this did he get thrown out of the game no, or he just get no a no he just got a unnecessary roughness or a, a, a I forget exactly what it was I think it was either unnecessary roughness or some other personal foul but okay. at the same time, I just I, – I, I, I even – listen, I'm a football guy. I called for a suspension. But I, I figured it wasn't going to come if he didn't get ejected during the game. And I saw Jay yeah. Norvell, their coach, Colorado State's coach, say it was a bang-bang play. I, I, Based on what I've seen the replay a million times, that was not what I would uh, term as a bang-bang play. But there is something to be said about Colorado and Prime riling all of the other teams up. Just I mean, just naturally – 
um, that could lead to things like that. And I just hope it doesn't happen again. I hope we don't have to deal with uh, a bunch of cheap shots. But they have that target on their back in a huge way, in a huge way. Yeah, and you mentioned Dan Lanning, I think. Yeah, the former linebacker coach when Hunter Norvell was even talking a little bit prior to them playing this weekend. So that, this is something that coaches have already again spoken towards. We heard Jay Norvell last week. We've heard Dan Lanning. And they won't be the last two, I guarantee you that. And I wonder how many times, I mean, I wonder if uh, Prime, obviously they have, usually generally speaking, they have a bunch of monitors and TVs in the locker room, uh, in the players' locker room, uh, before they go out to practice. I wonder how many times he has played the uh, Dan Lanning sound from the preseason where he said, has Colorado ever won anything when they left for the Big 12? Has Colorado ever won anything in this conference? Can someone remind me? Yeah. I wonder how many times that's been played. Colorado has their own built-in, uh, their own built-in you know, bulletin board material this week. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Eric Musselman does the same thing year in, year out, NCAA tournament time. Anyone that picks against him, he just plays that on repeat. Yep. Plays it over and over, talks about it over and over. I mean, th- th- he has really utilized that aspect of coaching where he even though that sometimes Arkansas is still picked to win or Colorado may be picked to win by some people, he only picks out the, the select few or the, the, the selection that is rooting against them or whatever. And it works. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not motivated by your success. You're not motivated. You're right. motivated by your failure, and you're motivated by people doubting you. That's yep. a very simple, no- novel concept, Gabe, that many coaches have used over the years. Now I know that you are uh, excited, hopefully, for the Alabama, you know, 2023 experience to be over if Ole Miss can knock them off. <laughs> Nowhere I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, to see someone. You know, die, die their college football playoff hopes die this week. I'm ready to see Florida State knock off Clemson and Dabo have to explain himself and why he has not gone into the transfer portal and why he has been so uh, against NIL throughout the years. I'm ready to see that happen. I'm ready for that day of reckoning to be upon us. Well, it's going to happen. I mean, I know that game's in Death Valley. I know that game's early, and I know that Florida State has had some um, failures against Clemson recently, but not this year. I mean, Norvell, your former coach, is going to come in there, and I don't know if they're going to beat them down, but they're going to they're going to leave with the win. Norvell has a incredible, and it honestly looks like a former Clemson defensive line. The way that uh, Dabo has stockpiled some great players on on that front over the years, and Florida State just kind of brings him in, brings him out. And anytime you can rotate defensive linemen like he has and there's not too much of a drop-off, you've got a good football team. And that's exactly what he has in Tallahassee right now. Although last week against Boston College, that was a little, that was a little scary, right? 31-29. Well, yeah, Travis got, got hurt. There was kind of – he had a shuffling there. But they're going to have those letdowns here and there. As long as they just don't end up with a loss at the end of the day, they're – this is not a team that's going to beat everyone by 50. They're going to have a slip-up or two, which is part of it. You just can't lose it. They found a way to win last week, and they just got to keep Travis healthy. Because if he gets injured at some point again, and it's like a long period of time, the outlook on their season completely changes. He is that dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Well, Ty, appreciate the heck out of it, man. Have fun at Baton Rouge. We'll talk again next week. All right, Gabe. Sounds good. Hopefully we're talking about an Arkansas win next week. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. But he is Ty 
Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X from ESPN Arkansas. You can follow all of his work Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on ESPN Arkansas. Now, there's only one place in town that gives you option after option when it comes to spirits, and that's Old Dominic Distillery. As we get into the weekend, make sure you get your hands on a bottle of Old Dominic, however it comes. They have good gin. They have vodka. They have their famous toddy that's now in a, a new package. It's repackaged. They have their Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. Like I always say, you have the maple sugar charcoal distilling, so you're going to love the flavor, whether you drink it neat, whether you put it on ice. But they also have bourbon now. They have bourbon. You have to get your hands on a bottle. Their newly released bourbon line is ready and available. Four separate bottles for you. Uh, Limited quantities around the area, so you're going to have to look around a tad bit, but they have cast strength, two separate bottles of that, one age, four year four years, one age, five years. They have bottled in bond, but make sure you get your hands on a bottle of that Old Dominic bourbon as soon as possible. They always take care of you at Old Dominic. And that's all the more reason to go down to 305 South Front Street and check out what makes them so special, whether you're grabbing a drink at the bar or joining them for a tour and tasting, which you can book at olddominic.com. Old Dominic Distillery. Come say hi. Now it's time for normal as we get to the uh, back half of the final hour of the Gabe Coon Show. It's time to hop into the Blitz. We'll do that next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. From local town councils to Capitol Hill, agents who are realtors are standing up for what's right. We're here protecting property rights. Here advocating for the issues that affect our neighborhoods. Here championing fair and equitable housing for all. Because we are realtors, bound by a code of ethics, driven to serve our communities. We're here for it all. Here for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Guests appear here on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. There's never a good time to have a disaster in your life. But when you have a disaster, whether it be your home, office, school, residential property, you need someone to respond in a timely manner. And that's just what Service Master by Cornerstone does. They're the largest franchise of a 600-mile radius at doing uh, the, the responding. But don't just call them because they're the largest. Call them because they're the best. They've been awarded Service Master's Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Restore franchise in the United States of America. Whether you have water damage, you have a fire, there's smoke damage, uh, good old damage caused by a storm, um, you need mold remediation, call Service Master by Cornerstone. No matter the place, no matter the size, they're here to help with the damage. I said it off the top of this uh, this conversation here. 
It could be a school. It could be an office. It could be your home. It could be residential properties. They will help you with that damage. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team are here to help you at these moments, and they take pride in responding to you. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. And because they respond so well, that's their number. That's how you uh, reach out to them. 901 Respond is the number to reach Service Master by Cornerstone when you have disasters. 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D, 901-RESPOND. Now we're live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, and it's time to go ahead and hop into the blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line. A bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis' sports station. And always remember the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Connor, let's ride. Memphis is going to host a student madness that will occur on October 4th at the Elma Roan Fieldhouse in a student-only event. So the idea here, if I was reading the press release correctly, um, it's going to be students only, but there will be a live stream for all of you that want to go, want to want to watch it. Um, I, for one, have never been, like, I like hyping up the basketball season. Don't get it twisted. I don't like that, like, we have in the past had articles written about takeaways from Memphis Madness, what they saw, whether it's a dunk contest. Oh, this guy's athletic. This guy's going to make a difference. You can't tell anything. It's like inner squad. You don't see much. And people try to draw these conclusions. Oh, we're going to look good this year. We're going to look bad this year. No, you can't draw a conclusion from it. So I'm glad that we have people away, away and having to watch through a live stream. But beyond that, uh, the emphasis is going to be on the men's and women's teams. There is no musical event. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's being announced, which I think is a, is a welcome change. Now, last year, I, I don't know what the reasoning was for the block party in particular. I think it had to do with IARP investigation and maybe not wanting to put together a big old Memphis madness and get people hyped up for it. And maybe it was, you know, Penny turning the, the page and... You know the the university turning the page and saying let's not hype it up as much let's 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 under promise and over deliver not over promise and under deliver maybe that was part of it, um, but they're going from a block party back to a a madness type event for straight students. I I like it. I like the idea, um, and I'm glad that we we get to, you know, you're you're putting it on campus in El Marone, filling out a smaller you know place. I just think I, I I like what's happening. I like what's happening with Student Madness. I think this is a good idea. I was very pleased to see this. Uh, you know, I, I've attended pretty much all of the Memphis Madnesses in Penny Hardaway's career. And while they were fun, I tend to agree with you that they were always a bit more about the musical guest, the crowd, the recruits for the next season, things like that. It wasn't really focused on the men's and women's basketball team for that season in a lot of ways. And there were odd criticisms that would come from it or yes. or a little bit too much hyping up of a certain player. It was or, or per- so, so, yeah, I like that this is a more intimate thing. It's making it about the players. It's, they're going to be able to introduce themselves to the student fan base. You're also going to be able to maybe help create a connection between the students and these players, maybe get some more support at the games, at the FedEx Forum. 
I'm in full support of it. I think it's a great idea. It's making it a little bit smaller, like you said. It's it's about they're going to deliver on the on the back end, not on the front end here. So I like it. It's, it feels like a, a refocusing on basketball. Now, here's the truth of it, though, Connor. I don't care if they do a hype <laughs> event at all. I don't give a damn. I, just, I think I, it's a I, good like, idea. I'm sorry. I can't bring myself to really care that much. I think it's been overblown in the past. I'm glad they're not trying to overhype it and do yeah. too much this time around. Like I, that's That's the takeaway I have. Because I don't really like these events because I think there's just too much conclusions drawn from them. And it's just it's just a lot made about a little. I also feel like, you know, the players may enjoy it a little bit more. It's a smaller crowd, and I understand that. They it's not as, it's not as much quote-unquote hype, but no. there's less pressure on the players to to put on a show, things like that. It'll be more about the no, basketball. They can and, walk from the gather yeah. straight to Elmerone Fieldhouse. It's not that big a deal. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's right next it. to the UC. Yeah. Get you some Chick-fil-A. Go watch some Tigers scrimmages. It's going to be a great night. And we also are going to have 45-year-old men and women trying to push out uh, push out students to go get a front row seat in the student section. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. And Just again, get students uh, in there. I do like that it's not going to be all about the musical guests. It's not going to be all about the recruits for next season because I think one thing that we've run into in the past, and it's no, I have no fault of anybody. I understand why you wanted to bring in big musical guests, but there was always a sense of disappointment when you would walk out of Madness and Drake wouldn't show up or something like that. And you're like, okay, it, but that doesn't mean that the, the event was disappointing. It just means that him not showing up was disappointing and things like that. So I like that it's about basketball. It's about the team, especially the women's team, I feel like is going to get more of a showcase, especially with the last few seasons that they have had. So I'm excited about that. Thumbs up. Thumbs up all around. And I would imagine, just also based on like past performances at um, Memphis Madness, I would imagine, because like the tickets to get in are not super expensive. No, not at all. No, they were only like, like $5, $10, the, something like that. I would imagine that. the pain from having to spend all that money up front on expenses for performers and everything else certainly outweighed what you're actually getting in for the get-in price. So like just... Make it easy on yourself. Don't spend money. Fun. Throw people in there. Pack it out. Still have your still have your your hype, if you will. But just sort of make it a little smaller. The make field it a house smaller. is Don't it, it's a cool place to it. do it too. It's a smaller venue, but it can get loud in there and it can get packed out. It's going to be good energy, oh, it good will be, time. It will be fully packed out, I'd imagine. Right, right. I, I think mean, the students many, are going to enjoy it. How many people they fit in there? You're asking me questions. Yeah, I don't know see, the answer I don't know. to. I don't. I was told math was not yeah, going to be yeah. involved here. Yeah. Somebody. 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 Let us know. Not that many though. Not that. Not that well, many. yeah, bro, it probably but I don't they'll, know, they'll a couple thousand, maybe a thousand, two thousand. They'll, 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 <laughs> they'll pack it to the brim though. <laughs> Real quick, can confirm the field has have the field house had twenty five hundred. 2,500 shout yes. out, shout yes. out. But next up, Shohei is out for the rest of the year and underwent a quote-unquote procedure and is expected to return as a hitter opening day 2024 and as a pitcher in 2025. I wonder... What that procedure could possibly be, Gabe? Oh, my gosh. I, I found this hilarious. The <laughs> PR machine trying to do the, oh, he had a procedure. It's called Tommy John, guys. What are we doing? Yeah, I know he's had it once and maybe a second time around. You want to try to, you know, you don't want to freak people out. But we know he's having Tommy John. He tore his UCL. It's not that complicated. He hasn't been pitching. We get it. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to affect his market all that much. It may affect it a little bit, though. I'm curious about that. Because if he's not going to pitch till 2025 you take away half his game he's just the best hitter in baseball left that's know, it oh no, man what like, are we gonna pay I him i don't know like no, well, but, but at the same time like if he's it's the second tommy john he's 29 going on 30 
Like, I don't know. What Damn. do you think? Well, I know he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid a whole lot, a lot of money. But if you take away the pitching aspect and you're worried about the pitching aspect of his game, does that take money off of that dollar amount? I would I would see it seems like it would, but it is Shohei, and he is the biggest draw in baseball. Um, but I, I you know, he's gonna be back as a hitter opening day twenty twenty four, pitcher twenty twenty five. His Instagram post was interesting. I uh I wanna read this. I had a procedure done procedure. I had Tommy John done on my elbow. Earlier this morning, and everything went very well. Thank you very much for everyone's prayers and kind words. It was uh, very unfortunate that I couldn't finish out the year on the field, but I will be rooting on the boys until the end. I will work as hard as I can and do my best to come back on the diamond stronger than ever. And then he, he signed it by saying, go Halos. He said, go Halos, Connor. Is he going to return to the Angels? Are the Angels going to fork up enough money to keep Shohei around? No. No. Yes. But he's just being he's being a good teammate at the moment. But it, it does stink that we're not gonna see him pitch for a year. I think that's that's my my takeaway here. Um it's frustrating. He is he's exciting and that's half his game and it's gonna be a while until we see him do it again. The the unfortunate part of this is that his dual play is probably the best thing most impressive thing we've ever seen in baseball, and it may be like a shooting star. Quick, magnificent, but it's gone. And I'm not sure if we're ever going to be able to see it again. Even if we're not able to see it again at full force, the, what he can do with the bat is absolutely worth the money. I can't wait to see him back on the field. I know it's not really possible, but I wish that the Red Sox would throw everything at him. I can't wait to see where he lands, get him out Sox of... Sox could get involved, couldn't they? They could. It's just, they did just fire Bloom, who they're going to make a scapegoat for the Mookie trade, because the ownership group, when they took over in 2004, they were in love with the team. It was like a new toy. They did all this stuff. They renovated Fenway. They got all these big players. And then after the they won the World Series in 2018, they kind of stopped caring that much. They yeah. traded away Mookie Betts. They let Xander Bogarts walk for nothing. They gave Sale a huge contract. They gave Trevor Story a huge contract for no real reason. It's been a dumpster fire. They could you know, get everybody back in their good graces if they went out and got Shohei. I just don't think that they're smart enough to do that right now. I, just, yeah. I don't trust them enough to do that. That being said, I just want to see him get out of Angels, Angels, just get out of that stupid franchise. Get out of that dumb franchise that keeps wasting all the talent. Get him in the playoffs for the love of everything that is holy in baseball. I am excited to see where he lands next. Do you have a team that you want to see him go to? What would be really exciting for me, because I like like sort of the, I guess, somewhat little guy, even though it's not. You know, Seattle's not a small town. That's who I want. I would love to see him in Seattle. With J Rod? Oh my God, it would be so much fun. It would be so much fun. fun. Yeah. That'd be really fun. But now, can they fork? They have money. They've got it. They can go spend if they they want, but you sort of wonder. You sort of wonder. They have not been a good franchise. No. And they've been trying. They've though. been better. They've been trying. They've been trying. They've been trying. They've, they obviously the fans are J Rod has been a godsend for them yes. in a lot of ways. But if they get Shohei, I mean, it's hype, one of hype those, train will be unbelievable. It's one of those cities and fan bases that kind of deserve it. You know, like what happened with the Supersonics getting yeah. taken away and the man. Well, somebody it, we might have an NBA franchise back in Seattle before long. Maybe, right. maybe. But all I'm, all I'm saying is that it feels like it's such a good sports city. I would love to see a player like Shohei be there. I think, even a, though, I think it's a good fan base. Well, I think even though they haven't base. been very good the and, last and 20 years, the game they've, this they've, year. It, they've packed it out. They're there for their team. They've been scrappy every year. They're making a playoff push. They got J-Rod. They're exciting. They're young. They're passionate. Give them Shohei. All-Star I think they deserve 
they're, they're 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 begging for him to be a Mariner yeah. too. So it was like, fantastic. Again, like I, I think that would be a fun story for a fan base that I don't despise. Like the problem is if he goes, <laughs> if, if he goes he, to the Yankees, he goes to the Yankees I'm, I'm going like, to lose my mind. I can't root. If he goes to the Dodgers, I can't root for this guy. Like what do you the want Dodgers me to do? The Dodgers would be brutal. To be no offense, if he goes to the Red Sox, I can't root Watch for this guy. Watch yourself, Kaku. Watch yourself. You're going to play trivia in other places, and you're taking shots at my Red Sox. You go to the Phillies. You go to the Phillies. I can't root for this guy. I, I mean, I want <laughs> him to be. At him. I want him to be with a likable fan base. I think that's that's where I'm at. Dude, right I, I don't. We didn't get to really talk about. It, but speaking of Philly, real quick, just real quick. Last week, my favorite moment of football last week was Philly. Home game, first time, seeing the ink, booing the team. Booing the team that just came off of a Super Bowl. They've won like 19 straight Super home games. Super Bowl lost, they, Connor. Okay, but they were booing them on like the fourth drive or the fourth play. It was amazing. <laughs> Philly fans are hysterical. Did you see the video of the guy walking the Vikings helmet that was wearing a Philly jersey? <laughs> he it's was bad. wearing an Eagles jersey. It's he, so was, bad. he had a Vikings helmet on his leash, and he was just like, go birds. Just walking around, I'm, go birds. It was incredible. Also, incredible. Also, I think that also in, in – uh, <laughs> And and is it still, is it still, what is it called? What is it? Lincoln Financial. Yeah, it's Lincoln Financial. Sure, I, I don't have know no if idea. they changed the name. Lincoln Financial, their their NFL stadium, the Eagle Stadium. Oh, they have one of the largest in-house jails for any that's incredible any arena or stadium in the United States of America because they need it. They they need it. A lot of drunk idiots booing the and getting into fights and being ornery. I get it. Back to Joe. Hey though. Get yeah. him in Seattle would be fun. Yeah, I, I'm I rooting for Seattle. Seattle is what I'm rooting for. Uh, Cardinals aren't gonna aren't gonna get involved. So go to Seattle. <laughs> Just don't go to the Yankees. Just don't go to the Yankees. The Mets would be fun. Yeah, but then it's like. The, but it's also cursed. It's a cursed yeah. move. If he goes, to the, him, if he goes to the Mets, I want some, the something, best for him. I don't some want him part to be of his Met. body is going to explode again if he goes to the Nets. And, Mets, and so. also, again, back to my fan base conversation. I don't think Mets fans are any better. They don't than, deserve them. I don't think they deserve them, no. Seattle deserves them. Seattle deserves them. Which means they're not going to get them. <laughs> yes. We're going to be disappointed when he's a Yankee next yeah. year. That's what that means. Yeah. But that'll Fingers do it. crossed. That'll do it for the Blitz. One more segment left in the day. We'll go ahead and get to it next. It's the Rewind on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.